War Party U is not licensed by, affiliated with, or endorsed by the University of Utah or its athletic programs. The views and opinions expressed on the War Party U weekly podcast are those of War Party U and War Party U alone. Go Utes! This is War Party U. Go Utes! Welcome into another episode of War Party U. What's shaking, Ute Nation? I'm Matty Aces, joined as always by Michelle Bodkin and Ryan Boyce. This week we'll be looking back on the thorough, curb stomping, snot bubbling domination in Corvallis, Oregon over the weekend. Utes coming away with a big win against the Beavers. And looking ahead, Biggest test of the season so far for these this Ute squad, number 17, Arizona State, coming in to mix it up with the number 13-ranked University of Utah Utes. Another home game. It feels like it's been forever, but it hasn't been. But it feels like it, but it hasn't been. We'll look ahead at, at uh, tailgating, the game day festivities, nice 4 o'clock kickoff on, well, kickoff time's nice, the network. A little bit to be desired. All this and more on this edition of War Party U. Hold on to your butts. Well, hey there. I'm back. It's Matt. So, man, what a day last Saturday. What a day. Seriously, like, wow. What a performance by these Utes. Um, I can't say enough good things about, you know, about the, just the effort and the, just the utter domination that they showed. And sure, it's Oregon State. Okay. You know, that's, that's a fair point. But, uh you know, this, <clears throat> this is an improving Oregon State team, and Utah just boat raced them 52 to 7, and it should have been 52 to nothing. Uh, you know, uh, you, waning minutes of the game, Devin Brumfield coughs up a fumble. Oregon State gets the ball and ends up going down and scoring the, the meaningless touchdown with under a minute left to, to, to at least get on the board. But man, what a, what, what a performance! Tyler Huntley is just lights out. And, you know, the most efficient quarterback in college football right now. You know, he was only 14 of 17, you know. not It doesn't need that many attempts, but 247 yards and two touchdowns is just solid work. Zach, the man, Moss. Let's talk about him for a minute. Five carries, 121 yards, and two touchdowns. That is making the most of your touches. I mean, really, this... You know, second score to game for the Utes. I think it was. You know, there the Utes have the ball on, on on our own nine yard line. Moss gets the rock, punishes one would be tackler, and then cruises the rest of the way for the score. And was just trucking. I cannot wait to see those boys back in action this Saturday against the Sun Devils. Oh, honestly. Man, Jordan Wilmore came in, got 12 carries, 59 yards, and a touchdown. 
Brumfield had 37 yards and a touchdown. Did lose that fumble, but hey, man. TJ Green getting some touches. Tyler Huntley only carried the ball three times. So, I mean, it, it was working. It was working. Uh, you know, on the receiving end, uh, Damari Simpkins had himself a game. Four catches for 97 yards. Samson Nakua back in the mix. 46 yards and a touchdown. Brant Keithy added a touchdown. Looking forward to uh, meeting his, his dad at the tailgate this Saturday, hopefully. He's going to be in town, and hopefully we're going to get him up, introduce him to the pig boss, and and, uh, and meet him. So always so cool to meet players' parents, man, because, you know, you get a, you get a better feel for, 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 for who that player is behind, you know, behind the, you know, underneath the helmet, the pads, um, you know, and, and, and I love finding out, you know, what their individual, their unique recruiting, you know, experience was like, and, and what was the moment where it was like, yeah, no, we're going to Utah. Uh, so I look forward to that. Uh, Derek Vickers getting a couple of, getting a couple of catches, Solomon Enos with a big grab. Jalen Dixon, Jordan Wilmore, each getting the t- each getting the ball. Man, it's just so spread out. And on any given week, somebody's going to kill you. And one of these weeks, we're going to be talking about Solomon Enos going over 100 yards, getting a score or two, um, because it's going to be his day. Uh, I firmly believe that. My Saturday was spent uh, at the magnificent Utah Man Cave at Gamboa Palace. Albert Gamboa. Uh, not only throws down a wicked tailgate, man, that is where you want to be to watch a road game. I will take that over any bar, any watch party I've, I've seen, you know, week in, week out. It is going to be a blast. So, you know, we get there and mix it up. He's got quite a crowd going. We, we took the inaugural baptism shots out of the Shotsky, um, and this, this, this crazy plum brandy that just burns your throat and just makes you feel so good uh, but man you know he's got the main area with couches really nice soft astro turf painted to look like the field at res huge tv on the wall flanked by two still big but not quite as enormous televisions you know a pool table painted to look like the utah f- football field on the felt uh red and white pool balls totally color-coded just memorabilia all over the place tons of picture collages from different tailgates and watch parties um you know full bar i mean this place has it all i mean a fully functioning kitchen so you don't even have to go up to this upstairs to cook your food um we had a great time so albert and mariana thank you for being such magnificent hosts we had so much fun my significant other was actually able to join me for this one. She doesn't usually go in for the, you know, for the football games, uh, isn't quite that interested in, in the game itself. She will accompany to me, uh, me to, uh, to home games from time to time, but mostly she's in it for the tailgating and the cowboy corn dogs once we, once we get in the stadium. The unpla- uh, here's, here's, here's an unsponsored plug for stadium food. Cowboy corn dogs because they're just that good. Um, good enough that even a non-football fan wants to go to the game. So there you have it. But, you know, just watching the watching the game progress, it was just it was from the get go. There was no doubt, no doubt in my mind, in anyone's mind, really, that Utah was just going to, you know, was just going to come out and thump and thump. They did. Um, you, you just what a, you know, what a performance. What a great time. You know, we had Mr. Devin Lloyd returning a pick six that was kind of like that point of no return. 
that uh, put, I think that put the Utes up 28-0. And, uh, yeah, his 64-yard scamper. Man, that dude is long. Holy crap. You're watching him, and he's just, like, eating up chunks of yards with every step. But we had a blast. And, you know, it is, it's a lot more fun when your team's dominating, when your team's winning, when, uh, when it's just all cheers and, 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 and Utah man blaring every few minutes and, uh, and, and just getting into it, you know, and, but win, lose, or tie a Utah man am I, uh, will be till I die, Kai, in fact, if you're asking me, uh, but, you know, so there it is, man. It's about these experiences every every weekend, getting another another chance to get together with good friends, have some good food, have a good time, and it's so much more than the game. Although the game is the focal point, it is so much more than just the game. It's about you know the the, the relationships. It's about the friendships. It's about spending quality time with people you like uh, and uh, meeting new people and and making new friends. So get out to a tailgate near you. We're gonna be we're gonna be lighting it up again this weekend on the guardsman lot. We got two weekends in a row now of home games. So if you haven't been to a tailgate, I suggest you do it. Please, please do it. It's it it's something you're not gonna forget anytime soon. We got a lot more war party you where this came from. So don't touch that dial. Welcome back in, Matty Aces, War Party U, Michelle Bodkin, Ryan Boyce, and all of that good stuff. Let's take a quick look around the rest of the conference from last weekend. Uh, see how the conference mates fared. See how it's shaping up down the road for us as we look ahead to Arizona State. Right around 48 hours. And we are excited, man. Rice Echo is going to be lit. I am so excited. And I know I'm not supposed to use the word lit anymore, but it's going to be electric. It's going to be quite the atmosphere for college football. Friday night, our brothers to the east, Colorado, went into Autzen and got their asses handed to them by Oregon, as a lot of teams do. 45-3, the final score. Uh, man. Colorado's 1-2 in conference. Oregon looks like the class of the North. Huge showdown coming up this weekend for Oregon and Washington. Essentially a, a do-or-die game for Washington if they want to have any hope of winning the North. Um, you know, much like the Arizona State-Utah game uh, for, for, for Utah. Utah drops another, you know, another conference game, drops, to, drops a game to Arizona State. Our chances of winning the South decrease exponentially. On Saturday... USC went into South Bend and came up just short against the Irish, 30-27, the final for Notre Dame. Uh, you know, USC, man, week in, week out, you don't know what you're going to get. You know, they take take Notre Dame to the wire, they beat Utah, they lose to BYU. Um, just a Jekyll and Hyde kind of a team out there and... And, uh, and and just you know, hopefully you know we got we we, we and we're kind of hoping on we got we're counting on them to drop a at least another conference game so that we can uh, um, you know hopefully see some uh, see some action there at the end of the season uh, of course Utah over Oregon State which has been and will be talked about 
ad nauseum on this podcast, so we shan't touch on that one anymore. Arizona State, man, nice come from behind win for uh, for the Sun Devils down in Tempe, 38-34 over Washington State. Washington State, 0-3 in conference, man. They are out of the running for the mo- <laughs> for all intents and purposes. Uh, for the North, they're even dabbling in, are they going to be bowl eligible at this point? Which is, wow, you know. I mean, didn't think they'd be world beaters, but, we, you know, there's a lot of people that thought that they might be pushing and challenging for uh, for the North title. Not this year. And finally, the aforementioned Huskies went to the desert in Tucson and thumped the, the Wildcats 51-27. Um, you know, good times. It's... Uh, yeah, it, it's it's the conference of cannibals for sure. Uh, you know, Washington goes to Oregon next week, and uh, and and honestly, you know, that's going to be a huge deciding factor for the North because you know Oregon wins that game, and it's uh, and you know they're they're sitting pretty, man. They're looking they're 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 looking good. Uh, you know, because you know Stanford has two losses. Oregon State isn't going to beat them. You know, Washington's got two losses, and uh, Washington State's got three. So essentially, you know, a win on Saturday all but clinches the the North for for Oregon, barring a complete collapse down the stretch by the Ducks, which I don't see happening. They're 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 firing hard and uh, and and looking good. So there it is. That's that's how it shook down last weekend. Across the Pac-12. So, uh, yeah. It wasn't too painful, was it? Stick around. More War Party U. Welcome into War Party U. This is Michelle Bodkin, and I am hanging out with Ryan and Matt talking all things Utah football. So the Utes came off of a humongous win last week against Oregon State and Corvallis, beating up on them thoroughly for 60 minutes. It was it was quite insane, and I I certainly expected Utah to win big. I I did not expect to see quite the show that they put on uh, from start to finish uh, as they did. Uh, it just it it was so dominating, and poor Oregon State just could not, for the life of them, get anything going. And I I honestly thought for sure the first like quarter they would have made things interesting. Uh, but that just ended up not being the case. Utah had a good plan. They kept them in check the whole night, almost pitched a shutout. Uh, if, if, you know, third, second, third, fourth stringers weren't in, probably not giving up that late score. Uh, but that, that is what it is. And to be expected, I, I will take the reps for guys that will be coming up in the program here in the not too distant distant future any day of the week. 
So it, to me, that was worth the seven points and, and not getting the shutout, even though it would have been really, really cool for, for the team and for the guys to, to experience that as well. Now, Utah is turning its sights onto Arizona State. And they are hosting them at home here in Salt Lake. And both teams are ranked. And I've heard arguments from both camps that both teams really probably should be undefeated to this point. And I don't disagree with that analysis. I I think this Arizona team state team should have beaten Colorado State and I thoroughly believe that this Utah team should have beaten USC a couple weeks ago obviously that didn't happen you're gonna hear me say this a million times over the Pac-12 is weird and you know anything anything and everything happens weird upsets come up it you know things don't turn out the way that we often envision them to turn out and I, I think those those were kind of the cases for both of those teams uh, so so what what do these guys do now and and what what is this game going to look like uh, that that is a fantastic question in the past, Arizona State has really had Utah's number. Uh, they they made things very, very dicey for the Utes last year uh, when they not only beat them, uh, but took out Tyler Huntley for the year. And obviously when I say took out Tyler Huntley for the year, I don't mean that there was any malicious intent with that. It just, unfortunately, Tyler got hurt in that game and, and he was done for the season which kind of dramatically changed the outlook there for a minute because you were looking at having to have Jason Shelley come in. And, you know, at that time, we didn't know a whole ton about what Jason Shelley was capable of. And on top of that, you added another another loss to, to Utah's win-loss column. And... I don't remember. I oh, it it was Arizona State. Arizona State took sole ownership of of the Pac-12 South race at that point, uh, and Utah kind of needed someone. Well, Utah needed to win out, and needed someone to knock Arizona State off, which did eventually happen. Uh, but it did it did look a little scary there for him for a minute. So I mean, with all those things in mind. I think Utah, Utah's got this game scheduled, or excuse me, this game circled, and I, I like, yes, they're they're gonna do their thing and they're going to prepare for it the way that they will every other game, but don't believe for a second that this game doesn't mean just a little bit more and that there isn't just a little bit more motivation because of what happened last season. In the next segment, I'm going to break down Arizona State and some of their team leaders and what they bring to the table. And then in another segment or two, I'm going to break down Utah and kind of decide where where I think things stand between these two teams for Saturday. You are listening to War Party U, and we will be right back after the break.
Welcome back to War Party U. This is Michelle Bodkin, and I am talking with Matt and Ryan about all things Utah football and what you guys should be kind of looking for in this big ranked matchup between Utah and the Arizona State Sun Devils. Again, it can't be talked about enough. The Arizona State Sun Devils have really, 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 really had Utah's number uh, since joining the Pac-12. Not sure why that is or how that is, but it is what it is. And it it makes this game all the more interesting. Uh, Before I get into what I think will happen in this game... Let's let's talk a little bit about what Utah's doing. And first and foremost, let's start with of, of course quarterback Tyler Huntley. Um he has been absolutely phenomenal this year. Has shown real growth and maturity. He works so well with Andy Ludwig. Together they they just feel like they can conquer the world, really. Uh just an impressive, impressive senior or season put together by this the senior quarterback, and I I hope Utah fans are loving and enjoying, and are incredibly impressed by by the efforts that have been put forth. Um, Huntley Huntley has yet to throw an interception on the season, and we're we're in week eight, which is just mind boggling, absolutely mind boggling. Again, I, I touched on it. I talked about it before. At some point, that streak's going to end. It's it's going to end this season, I, I would assume. It could be this game. I don't think that's the Sun Devils' particular strength on defense. But, again, where, where we've talked about how there, there just seems to be this weird vibe in the air whenever whenever we talk about these two teams playing together you know that that's something to watch for and look for and it could be a real determining factor in this game I still expect though even even if there is a turnover and even if it is an interception that Huntley's going to do still what Huntley's been doing and that's protect the football make good decisions get it to his top top guys which go through the roster and and you know just point your finger someplace it's probably a guy that he can he can rely on like he has that many weapons at his disposal and he's doing a great job of spreading them out all over the place now I think one of the biggest developments here is Zach Moss being back he played I think for about a quarter maybe a quarter and a half against Oregon State it's the first time that we've seen him since USC and he of course was phenomenal per usual and he has has whittled down the yards he needs to get in order to hold the all-time school rushing record uh to 55 and that means barring something awful happening he should be breaking that record at home on Saturday in front of all you crazy wild amazing fans but I think even more exciting and impressively his family's coming in to watch this game and so they should be there to see him break that record as well 
which is exciting. It's so exciting. It's such an exciting thing for him, for the school, for the fans, for his family. And I can't wait to watch it go down. It's it's going to be really, really fun to see a record that's been in place for 31 years, you know, be broken because 31 years is a long time to keep a record. It just, it doesn't happen that often. And so this is a very special special thing i i think for zach moss but i even think a little bit for uh eddie johnson as well uh you know you know to finally see someone and let's let's not get it twisted here utah's had amazing backs throughout the years like very very good talented backs but to see i think someone on his level like finally kind of get there and and push for things and and make things interesting and and shake up the record book a little bit has to be exciting it has to be I I would be excited um so uh, moving moving along talking about all the ridiculous weapons that that Huntley can go to as far as the pass game and I think number one of course is Brian Thompson he was quiet last week but that's okay they (coughs) oh excuse me they didn't really need to rely on him they had other guys step up and when I say other guys you know I'm talking Solomon Enos I'm talking Damari Simpkins I'm talking Samson Nakua uh, I'm sure I am missing Jalen Dixon had had a good couple of plays. Uh, I, I believe Derek Vickers got in there for one or two plays. Like, they have so many guys that they can spread that ball around to that it, it gets hard. It gets really, really hard to pick your poison and what what are you going to do and how are you going to defend this and you know what I just realized I left out Brant Keithy who not a receiver but he's a tight end and he's been a huge weapon and at some point in time I really do expect to start seeing Cole Fotheringham get more touches as well but it just it's mind-blowing it's mind-blowing how many guys they can go to how many guys are so reliable and it, it makes things harder. It makes things so unpredictable for teams. Like, how how do you go about guarding this offense? And and they keep showing little wrinkles. And, and yeah, they show, oh, we did this out of this play this week. But, oh, by the way, we could do this, this, and this. So have fun thinking about that and, and trying to figure out what we're going to ultimately do with this when it comes time to see you it it's been such a fun offense to watch and I think they're gonna do some interesting things Saturday I I I don't know how challenging ASU's defense is going to be for this offense it's going to be interesting to see on Utah's defensive side of the ball the leading tackler and and leading interception man is Francis Bernard for both counts. He has two interceptions on the year. I know Julian Blackman also has two interceptions on the year. And uh, and Francis also has 43 total tackles on the year. 
Uh, he's been phenomenal. Such, such a good player for the defense, which is crazy to say. Again, we're talking about all the receivers that Utah has that they can use. Let's talk about all the defenders. Lucky Fotu, Bradley and Nye, Mika Tafuna, uh, or excuse me, Tafua. So sorry. Um, John Penasini, Peter Tonga, uh, Devin Lloyd is coming into his own. Obviously, Julian Blackman and Terrell Burgess and and Josh Nurse and Jalen Johnson and Javelin Guidry. Like, all these guys make plays week in and week out. And uh, the honest truth is... I, I think Arizona State has a lot to be proud of, and I think there is good reason to be hopeful and, and feel like the future of your program is on the right track. With that being said, I don't think this offense, this Arizona State offense, and I don't think Jaden Daniels has seen a defense quite like this all season long. A defense that's good at covering up what they're going to do. A defense that is absolutely relentless in their effort to go and get them. And the fact of the matter is Arizona State has been winning a lot of close games. They they stick around. They, they you know, challenge teams in that way. They're like Utah was a few years ago where the games were always close. It was always decided by like a touchdown or a field goal, you know, maybe no more than 10 points. So 10 points if they're lucky, you know? And so I, this, this is one of those things I, and I've watched Arizona state and while I 100% agree they should be undefeated at this point, I think they were better than Colorado, who they lost to. Um, and I, 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 they're not passing the eye test at the same time for me. Like I, deep down inside, I know they're going to be really, really good. They are. It that I'm not denying that fact at all. But I don't. I don't think they're good enough to present this Utah football team a huge challenge. They're not there yet. They will be there. The only thing I feel like, again, really makes me pause from saying, yeah, Utah should win comfortably is, again, there's just, there's been some weird vibes in this game. And I think, I think that plays into Arizona State's hand very well you know that weirdness if it turns up again if it's you know the same story different year which we unfortunately saw play out for Utah at the Coliseum this year you know we thought we thought this was going to be the year that Utah finally kind of broke broke that quote-unquote curse and it didn't happen uh if if any of that kind of energy turns up Look for this game to get interesting. If if Utah comes into it and and they do what what they know they can do and what they should do, you know, I 
I expect this game, I think Utah can pull away from Arizona State. I know there's been a lot of doubters, and like I said, well, Arizona State is good at keeping games close, and I get that, and I understand that, and I 100% respect that. I just think it's been, they've been doing it on lesser defenses, and I don't think they've come across an offense that really fires as well as as theirs does, every bit as good as theirs does. So with that being said, I think Utah wins, and I think it should be reasonably comfortable. I, I'm not going to go out and say that it's going to be quite to the level of what they did to well, it's definitely not going to be quite to the level of what Oregon State was. I, I just I don't foresee that happening in this game. Um, I don't think it will be quite to the level of Washington State either. But I, I, I think there should be enough cushion there that that fans feel good about the win and and that it it's not going to be in doubt. So we shall see. We shall see how this plays out. If there, like I said, if there's even a hint of that weird energy coming into this game, you know, Arizona State's going to keep it close and they're going to make it ugly and they could sneak out of there again with a win. I, I don't foresee Utah allowing that to happen. I think they learned their lesson at the Coliseum and I think that's been hugely motivating to them but it's it's so cliche but it's the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 you know weird things happen and I don't I don't necessarily expect this game to be any different so buckle up people it should be a fun game fun atmosphere um you know what what more could you want Two, two ranked teams going at it. Pac-12 South is, is you know, the prize at hand. And the person that loses, they're most likely out of out of the race. They're, there's not a lot of time to try and catch up. So there's a lot on the line for these two teams. And, you know, in, the, in their own respective universes, they, they have all the motivation in the world to make it happen. So be there on time. Cheer loud and be excited it it should be another great game and i expect to see see some interesting cool things per usual because yay pack 12 okay well you've been listening to war party you this is michelle bodkin signing off for matt and ryan we will talk to y'all next week Well, we're looking ahead at two consecutive Saturdays of tailgating at Rice-Eccles Stadium for Ute home games. But on November 2nd, the Utes go on the road to play the Washington Huskies. And War Party U would like to invite one and all to the tailgate party of the season for Utah versus Washington, hosted by Utah Sports Collective. Utah Sports Collective is located at the Mill Plaza at Gardner Village, which is at 1100 West and 7800 South. Uh, it's locally owned and operated. Uh, Dallin Albertson is, is the owner of this business. His wife, Erin, is his right-hand girl Friday, and they have one hell of a great store. 
uh, they they carry licensed merchandise. You can get your Ute Fan Faithful merchandise there. Uh, you can, and it's just a, a, a just just an amazing shop to go in and support a local business while you're buying your Ute gear. You can come rub shoulders with ESPN 700. The University of Utah Spirit Team will be there. Music provided by DJ Fireball, aka Albert Gamboa. Oh yeah, and the most fanatical ta- fans in town, namely yours truly. Uh, it's thirty dollars a ticket for street taco spread and admission to the to the tailgate event. A forty dollar ticket gets you the street taco spread plus two adult beverage vouchers and admission. Uh, there's open bar access. There'll be five dollar raffle tickets, uh, five five for twenty dollar raffle tickets, twenty five percent off discount vouchers for Utah Sports Collective and fun for the whole family. It's an all age event. So, you know, and the, the time will be announced, you know, once we have a kickoff time, we'll know when to start gathering at Utah Sports Collective. But you know, please join War Party U in celebrating Utah football. We went to the tailgate last year for the Colorado game, and it was just a blast. They know how to throw down, and these are Ute fans through and through. So support Utah Sports Collective, support your Utes, and we'll see you at the tailgate party in Gardner Village on November 2nd. Go Utes! Welcome back to War Party U. This is Michelle Bodkin. I am hanging out with Matt and Ryan, and we are talking all things Utah football. So the Utes have a big game this weekend against uh, the first-ranked opponent that they're going get going against since uh, they traveled down to the Coliseum a few weeks ago to take on USC while, while they were ranked. This time they're hosting their ranked opponent at home. It's, it's the Arizona State Sun Devils. They're currently at number 17 in the AP poll. And Utah is currently ranked 13 in the AP poll. So it's it's going to be a battle of the ranked opponents. And last segment I touched on, there there's some weird vibes that go on with Utah and Arizona State. They, I don't think, I think there's like a healthy respect between the two programs but at the end of the day it's kind of like BYU for Utah where there's no love lost in a lot of ways Uh, and I think a lot of that stems from the last few years Utah's been considered the better team and Arizona State's gotten the best of them uh they they've ruin some seasons and and expectations that the Utes have had in the past and you know if that happens continually for any any period of time it gets frustrating and you know you 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 kind of grow to not like them that much uh and and with that said uh you know uh, Arizona State is currently sitting at five and one just like Utah and and they have some good players they have some really good players uh they have some really good players that Utah really wanted 
And I think that maybe adds some of that fuel to that fire as well. So first and foremost, we have to talk about freshman quarterback Jaden Daniels. So Jaden Daniels was someone that Utah was really hot after last season and kind of at the 12th hour it felt like he he swayed to Arizona State's side and and decided that that's where he wanted to go to school but the Utes had a very very good shot at him it just ended up not being now with that said you know Utah has no slouch with Tyler Huntley and I think I think Utah should be very happy with the production they've been seeing out of out of their quarterback this year. Uh, it's been absolutely fantastic and absolutely amazing. I think Arizona State should be very excited about what they are seeing out of Mr. Jaden Daniels. Uh, for a freshman, I think he's been very composed. I think he's shown some serious maturity. He has crazy talent crazy crazy talent uh he moves well uh makes good decisions like i i mean he really has not been overly rattled or overly excited so far this season and and i think they've done a really good job with him and i think his future is really bright and i think arizona state's future is really bright with him at the helm he's gonna be a headache a literal headache, I think, for a lot of teams to deal with moving forward. Now, his, his main rusher, you know, Ben, and excuse me, you know, Benjamin, uh, running back, he is also someone that Utah was very sweet on and wanted very badly. He ended up picking Arizona State as well, and he's been a good back for, for the Sun Devils for the last few years. Right now, he has 529 yards of total rushing offense, and he's been a huge, huge weapon for them. I think he's helped take a lot of the heat off Daniels. You know, he's kind of that security blanket, and everybody wants wants that, especially when you're dealing with a freshman quarterback that doesn't have a whole lot of college experience. And Eno Benjamin's been providing that for them. I think the biggest concern for them heading into the season and, and the biggest question mark was who on earth was going to be the next Nikhil Harry? Because if they can't find someone to fill those shoes, it was going to be a very, very rough season, I think, for, for again, breaking in Jaden Daniels. You know, you want, again, you want those security blankets and you want... You want good go-to people when you're breaking someone in. And they they found that guy in receiver, Brandon Ayuk, uh, who is their leading receiver. Uh, not, not quite to the level of Nikhil Harry, but Nikhil Harry was an absolute freak of nature. And, and those guys don't grow off of trees. But Brandon Ayuk has been impressive. And he's done a really good job with the 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 reps and the situations that he's been given so I mean Utah's going to have their hands full these are very talented guys they are capable of mixing things up and doing a lot of interesting things that I think can can you know give some headaches 
And it's going to be a matter of, I, I think it's going to all start up front for Utah. That defensive line is going to have to be really disciplined and and make sure that they're staying home and not biting off on anything. Because if they do that, then Jaden Daniels or, you know, Benjamin are going to be running home free and they're going to be getting gashed for a lot of yards. On Arizona State's defensive side, uh, the top the top guys to look out for are are both in the defensive backfield. There's cornerback Evan Fields, uh, who's recorded 42 tackles for the Sun Devils this season, and Cam Phillips has one interception for for the Sun Devils this season. And defensively, as far as takeaways are concerned, I did scroll down and take a look. They only have two interceptions on the season. Um, so it, uh, they're, they're not exactly takeaway monsters. They, they, they aren't forcing teams to turn the ball over and where Utah has yet to throw an interception. I, I don't know. I don't know if Arizona state has, has the power to, to turn that to their favor. I, I'm, there's not enough evidence of that. It doesn't mean that it can't happen or won't happen, you know. The, this streak is bound to end at some point in time. Uh, but it doesn't, doesn't appear to be this defense's particular strength at all. So now that we've kind of looked at what Arizona State's bringing to the table, what they're packing to Salt Lake City for Saturday, let's take a look. In the next segment, uh, about how Utah's doing, and and give like a prediction or give some thoughts on what what I think will happen in this game. You are listening to War Party U, and we will be right back after the break. Well, it's time to take a look into the future. See what the schedule looking like the rest of the conference this coming weekend. Thursday night, UCLA and Stanford. Uh, Stanford's favored by three and a half in this one. I don't think it'll be that close. UCLA is bad and Stanford has been showing signs of life. So, you know, but who knows? It's the Pac-12. So I go ahead and say, you know, Stanford will win and cover and, uh, and, and beat the spread, and then, you know, UCLA will rise up and stomp, whatever. I don't know. I can't figure it out. That's why I don't get paid to prognosticate football games. I don't even get paid to talk about football games. I just enjoy doing it. Saturday, Oregon State goes to Berkeley for a tilt with the Bears, and uh, based on what we saw last week, what we've seen out of that Cal defense, I don't like uh, Oregon State's chances. They are improved, but still... Yeah, that's a tough defense to go against, and I don't see things going well for the Beavers. Big one in Seattle, Oregon at Washington. This one will be the deciding factor for for the North right now. Essentially, if Oregon wins, they've got it all but locked up, barring a massive collapse. Uh, and really, the only the only team within striking distance would be would be Cal, assuming Cal beats Oregon State. That still puts Cal two games back in the loss column. Uh, and it just, you know, 
kind of makes it look look uh, look like you know Oregon may just run away with the North. They're looking tough. Uh, of course, top 20 matchup: number 17 Arizona State and number 13 Utah, which we will talk about and have talked about ad nauseum on this show because man, we're excited. You know, it's a good thing that so many eyeballs are going to be on that game too. We've got four o'clock Mountain kickoff. We've got, I mean, you know, football weather could be chilly, could be wet, could could be wet, um, but we're ready for it. Utes are currently favored by two touchdowns, which is, you know, wow, that's that's something, and uh, this is going to be a huge decision-making day for, uh, you know, for the South. Colorado goes to Washington State. Yeah, who knows, man? Washington State's favored by 12 and a half. And you know, you have to think at some point, you know, the Cougars will have a game where defense just, just doesn't matter uh, and they'll win. I mean, they had a game that defense didn't matter and they lost at home to UCLA. I'm still trying to figure that one out. And finally, Arizona at USC. USC's favored by 10. But strange things happen in Pac-12 after dark. Um, yeah, so, you know, if, if the Wildcats could do us a solid and, uh, and beat USC, that'd be really nice. Uh, we need, uh, you know, we, we, we need somebody to step up. We need somebody to step up uh, so that we can control our own destiny. So, you know, hey, why not Arizona? Why not now? So bear down this weekend. Um, but there you go. It's how it's shaking down, man. We got, uh, you know, a couple of games coming up here at Rice-Eccles, Arizona State and Cal. Uh, you know, going to do good things for, 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 the, for the program. Got to keep on winning. Got to keep on grinding. And uh, it's a good time to be a Ute, though. I'll say that much. More War Party U on the flip side. Here we go, about to dive into another weekend of Utah football, and it's a beauty, y'all. So we've got Arizona State coming in. Arizona State took care of business last week against Washington State, setting up a top 20 matchup. Arizona State moved up from one spot in the poll from 18th to 17th. Utah moved up from 15th to 13th, and now we got a brawl on our hands. Now we've got a brawl, 4 o'clock p.m. kickoff, which is beautiful. Gives you a ton of time to tailgate all day long, but it still gets you home at a decent time. For those that, that are going to make the, make, make the double play, you know, it'll give you time to get down, get from Rice-Eccles down to Sandy for the, for the Real Salt Lake playoff game. And your bonus Ramondo time, which is always a good thing. The Wall of the Wasatch making his final tour through the MLS. And we're just hoping that, 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 that Real can, can find some magic like they did 10 years ago and, and send Ramondo out on the right note. So, RSL Nation, I believe War Party U is with you. So, but this is not about fo- soccer, this is about American football more importantly, Utah football. The number 17 ranked Arizona State Sun Devils coming into Rice-Eccles. We have not fared well against Arizona State historically. In fact, last year was such a crushing blow 
crushing defeat down in Tempe when Tyler Huntley went out for the season and it was it, and then we lost Moss and then it, it was doomsday but we we ended up all right but man it is payback time it is payback time really interesting thing to me is their tandem their quarterback and running back tandem um, of Jaden Daniels and Eno Benjamin were highly recruited by the U and you know we're all but there and then you know kind of and, and then just you know pick the Sun Devils and and they're having they're both having a hell of a year and you know I love seeing these kids play well it shows you why Utah was after these kids in the first place but we're not going to complain because that Hallandale trio is is the real thing and we are excited to see the the, the, the rest of their senior season progress we're halfway through you guys we're halfway through the season that's not okay with me. This thing goes way too fast. So you know, as we're as we're looking at it, um, you know, you know, right now it's it's going to be a, you know a battle of wills. Utah's aver- Utah's you know averaging you know more you know, more offense for the game. Uh, Utes are averaging almost thirty five points a game. Sun Devils right around twenty five. Utes are allowing thirteen a game. Uh, and uh, Arizona State's allowing just shy of 18 points a game. So you know they've got a they've, they've, they've got a defense to back it up. Right now, ESPN's Football Power Index and those weird numbers and algorithms have Utah at an 82.6 percent chance of victory in this one. Uh, with like I said earlier, with, with a 14 point spread, that's insane. But it just shows you where where people think that you know the Utes are and where maybe you know where they might be obviously you know the um, you know the big the big weapons for uh, for Arizona State offensively Jaden Daniels uh, Eno Benjamin and uh, their receiver Ayuk which who who gave us fits last year as well um, so man you know the weird the, the you know the head scratcher for for me is you know Arizona State's one loss is at home against Colorado who has not looked tremendously good. Of course, Utah's lone loss is at USC. So both have you know a loss in conference and in the division, and, uh, and so neither one can afford to lose this game on Saturday whatsoever. Um, but uh, you know the, the, one of the things that I'm, I love looking at right now are all of the records that, that Zach Moss is poised to break, and potentially all in one night. I mean, if he has, if he has a, you know, if, if he, if, if he really goes off, um, it, it could be something special. I mean, the first one is that, you know, Moss is 55 yards away from breaking the Utah, the U career rushing record, um, currently held by Eddie Johnson, famous for his high, his getting five from a BYU cheer, cheerleader in the North end zone at Rice stadium back in what, 87 or 88, um, Man, one of my favorite moments, you know, as far as as far as that rivalry in Utah football goes. But watching Eddie Johnson run was a was a was a treat, and and we've had so many fantastic running backs come through this program between then and now. That just shows you, you know, how impressive it is that that Moss is there ready to break that record. Because, I mean, you know, Devontae Booker, no. Joe Williams, no, but you know these are a lot of guys that came in and gave us one season, um, or you know maybe one in another part of a season. Uh, so you know it, it really you know is a testament to to Moss's longevity, his durability, his ability to come back from those you know the, the, the injuries that hobble him from time to time, but also 
just the fact that he came back for that senior season when he easily could have gone in the NFL draft and he came back here to finish what he started with his with with, with his brothers from Hallandale and with his Ute Nation family. So so much fun to watch you know watch that. So he so he also needs one more hundred yard game um, to pass John White and Devontae Booker. He's currently at 1,400 yard games, and he needs three more touchdowns to break the school's all-time mark for rushing touchdowns. And that uh, th- that is a it, that's a record that's that's been there for a while. It's held by Del Rogers, and you know I don't think that very many of us um, remember. Uh, remember Del Rogers if we're old enough I, re- I, be, I, I, I vaguely vaguely remember uh, him he uh, you know he he was uh, he was he went in like the 82 draft um, to the NFL but uh, but he seriously I, I mean the, the, these are records that have been there for for quite some time especially especially when you look under the you know from the filter of the running backs that have come through this program since the 80s. I mean, for crying out loud, this is something special. So savor it, Ute fans. Enjoy every moment. Just soak it all in because it's here and it's gone. And we're talking about it in the past tense. So, man, just just get out there. Get 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 into it. So, you know, I'll be I'll be hitting the tailgate lot by probably oh, mid-morning. I might sleep in Saturday, so you know, get there by, you know, ten. But I'll, but I, but, but I usually end up getting to the tailgate lot about two to three hours before I had planned to get there because I get up and I can't. I, you know, it's it's like you know, every Saturday or every game day anyway. Usually Saturdays, preferably Saturdays. I get to be, you know, it's like a kid on Christmas, man. You get up and can't wait. So I'm up and I'm ready and I'm all dressed and I've got all my gear. I got all, my, all everything I need and I'm just waiting. No, I might as well just go now. So I I call my lift. And I, and I head up to the tailgate lot uh, way earlier than I should and, and get the party started. Um, but uh, from, uh, from what I am led to believe, the pig bus will be cooking up some chili verde um, and with the smoked pork. And oh, good Lord, anytime, anytime pig bus deals in pork products, everybody wins. So no matter what they're cooking up, because they have had to, to switch it up a little bit and, and go against what they had planned uh, you know, this season. So it may be the Chili Verde, it may be Sonoran hot dogs, it may be something else, but it's going to be delicious and there will be plenty to go around and there will be good time, mayhem, alcohol, and utes. So that's what we're looking forward to. Four o'clock kickoff, um, you know, bring the rain gear, bring your ponchos. Be ready to get wet. Get ready. Get get ready to get loud, and get ready to blow the doors off, man. Uh, Utes equipment. They were a little bit late this week in announcing the uniform combo. Uh, originally, the Arizona State game was slated as the blackout, but with the four o'clock kickoff, we avoid blackout games for daytime kickoffs, and I appreciate that. I like the atmosphere and the look of it a lot more under the lights. I think that our uh, there's a, there was a certain game a few years ago against some Texas team with camouflage and game day. And, uh, since then, we haven't worn the blackout. The, we haven't done the blackout for a day game, so that's good. I'm I, I'm I, I'm a supremely 
uh, superstitious person, and so I appreciate that very, very much. But the unique combo this week is going to be red helmets, red pants with those black jerseys. Going to look tight under the lights in the afternoon. Uh, they've moved a blackout game. is going to be it's going to be dark mode. Dark mode, not the blackout. It's dark mode. Which call it what you want, man. They're going to look badass. But they're rolling that and combining it with a youth proud game for Cal. My guess is that the late announcement on the on on the on the theming for this weekend is that they were trying to see if they could swap youth proud and the blackout. Um, and, and I'm gonna, I have no information to back this up whatsoever. I have no sources. I am my own source. I am my own source. I'm just gonna guess though that it just didn't work out with logistically with, with, with the tribe to, to swap the, swap them. So they decided to go ahead and combine them. Um, so, you know, that's where, uh, that's where things are going in the next couple of weeks. And then, uh, man, it's gonna be a good stretch. But yeah, I mean, coming down, you know, coming over the next three weeks, we've got Arizona State and Cal at home, and then on the road at Washington, three tough games, three challenging games, and three games that'll really give us a good idea of, you know, what what this Ute team is gonna uh, is gonna be. Can they, you know, live up to the to the potential that we that, that we all see is there? That that's not just a local thing, uh, you know, stub the toe against against USC. That you know. Unfortunate, you know, it's it, it's it, it you know it doesn't do you any good to, to think about the what ifs and, and the hypothetical victories and the moral victories, but um, but man, you know what? Sitting five and one after six games, ranked number thirteen, I'm okay with that. So let's just let's just enjoy it, you know. Let's look ahead, ASU, Cal, and then Washington. Then we got another bye week, so. It'll be a good time to have that bye week, regroup, and refocus after Washington. Although, man, bye weeks drive me nuts. But that's just me. So does the Pac-12 network. I'm not a big fan. But I've been into that quite a bit. But, you know, a 4 o'clock kickoff, that's 6 o'clock Eastern. That's prime time to get in front of a lot of eyeballs. That's something that we should have nationally televised for the conference. Not only for, for the the individual programs, Utah and NASU, but for the conference as a whole, we've got a top 20 matchup and we're going to bury it on the Pac-12 network where it can't be seen by anybody. And so everybody's still going to be going off box scores and re- and highlights. So what the hell, Pac-12? Get it together. That's it. That's all I have to say about that for now. More Wire Party U on the flip side. Stick around. that's it for this week folks thanks for joining us for ryan boyce and michelle bodkin i am matt allen aka matty aces you know i was gonna say that coming up on the next episode of war party you will review utah arizona state talk about another dominating win for the utes should we i think we should that sounds like a good plan to me it beats the alternative and we'll look ahead to cal and the blackout game We'll talk about what went on at the tailgate lot. We'll talk about, well, most of what went on at the tailgate lot. Some of that you just have to experience. And more shenanigans and mayhem. So thanks as always. Go Utes.